Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. If you got your Bible, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter, let me see who, who actually has a Bible out there. Hold it up, let me see. Oh, 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 come on, somebody. More leather-bound Bibles. Less phones going up. Come on, somebody. I know it's, I, I know it's big when my brother Josh got a Bible. Come on. He ain't opened that thing in 10 years. I'm just kidding. He loves Jesus. He loves Jesus. <laughs> Where all my, like, strong Christian dudes at? Come on, make some noise. Come on. Give me, like, a, a old-school Arsenio Hall, like a hoo, hoo, hoo. Come, come on, fellas, man. Y'all sound like puppies. I need y'all to sound like dogs. Come on. Where my fellas at? Who, who, who? Ralph, I need you to help me, man. I see you out there because you have more hair than everyone. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so thankful to be in the house today. Turn to Mark, uh, Matthew, excuse me, chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. We've been in a series called In the Weeds. How many of you uh, have been here, like, in person for both parts of the series so far? Raise your hand. Let me see. Y'all, thank you for coming back awesome and I hope that you've been tuning in every week uh, online in the weeds is a series about how to grow in difficult seasons when you get in difficult seasons or you get in difficult places where things want to stop you weeds want to stop your growth you have to not be mad at the weeds but thank God for the weeds because if weeds are around you when you are trying to grow then the word of the Lord for you today is grow differently God wants to see if you are growing any different than the circumstances or the things that will try to stop you. There'll always be weeds in your life, but the weeds should never stop you from growing. And the church said, so today we're going to take this third part. And I want to read a passage out of Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. Um, we started in Matthew 13 at the beginning of this series because um, it was a set of parables, and Jesus, he was teaching us about the mysteries of the kingdom of God through these parables. Some of the parables he explained to his disciples, and we actually get to see the explanation. Some Jesus gave no explanation to, and he leaves it up to us to get a revelation through reading his word about what the parable is about. And today I want to help you decipher one of those parables. Uh, by the way, before we get going, if you out there in the lobby, make some noise. Let me hear you. I like that. Starting to feel like the old cool church again. I like that. Thank you, lobby folks. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you. Matthew 13, verses 31 through 33. If you're online, share this message right now. I guarantee you somebody needs to hear it. Hit the share button right now. Matthew 13, verses 31 through 33 reads like this. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch on its branches. It's a good place to say amen. You should underline that part that says, so that the birds come and perch on its branches. Mustard seed gets so big, turns into a tree that the birds perch on its branches. Verse 33. He told them still another parable back-to-back -back parables. 
The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. And the church said, he's like, why am I saying amen? I don't even know what that means. You will before it's all said and done. Amen? If you got, if you, uh, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. The Bible says in Jedediah 55, 7, that those that take notes shall get to heaven. If you believe that, I got more work to do than I thought. Um, <laughs> may not help you get to heaven, but they'll help you down here, man. You take notes in this word. When you got tough times, it points back to a place in your word that'll help you when you need it the most. Amen? If you're taking notes, you can entitle this message, From Seeds to Trees. From Seeds to Trees. Let's pray. Father God, once again, I thank you for this day. This day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here today. You're not surprised by who showed up. You're not surprised by who's watching online. You're not surprised by the time we started. This stuff may have flustered us, but it definitely didn't fluster you because it was all a part of your plan. And God, I thank you for the one. The one that's going to hear this word that needs it the most, God. May you open hearts, minds, and ears to be receptive to a message that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray that we may have difficult times growing amongst the weeds, but God, you only put us there because you knew that we were strong enough to grow through it. God, let somebody know, don't get weary in doing good. They'll reap a harvest if they don't give up. Just keep on growing. Just keep on growing. God, I pray for this, this message once again, the person that'll meet Jesus that never knew him before. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, everyone said, Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise in this place today. Amen. So, this series in the weeds is a series about, once again, growing in difficult seasons. Growing in difficult space. How many of y'all would be honest, okay? I'm going to raise my hand because I'm just being honest. This is my therapy moment. Y'all hear, like preaching is like therapy for me. I get to talk about all the crazy stuff I'm feeling and then people say, amen. <laughs> how many of y'all, how many of y'all say you're going through a difficult season right now? Oh, it's not just me. Hey, oh, man, we going to get through it together in Jesus' name. Amen? Um, not only does this series and these passages describe how to grow in difficult seasons, they also describe the fact that when you're trying to grow, there's always going to be something that is opposed to your growth. Somebody say, mm-hmm. Anytime you're trying to grow, anytime you're trying to make yourself better, something's always going to be opposed to it. You're always going to have a hater hanging on. There's always going to be something that tries to stop you from reaching your full potential. And the church said... It's not just about growth, but it's about those things that are opposed to you that will grow with you and try to attach themselves to you because of your growth. Um, the great American poet, storyteller, and philosopher Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Biggie Smalls, once said, the more money you make, the more problems you get. If I could break it down in layman's terms, Biggie said it like this, more money, more problems. If Jesus were to use the parable of the mustard seed as a basis for a song lyric, if he wanted to spit a hot 16, he would probably say, 
the higher you grow, the more people want to live in your shade. Before we talk about the things that want to grow with us, let's first talk about our growth potential. Because here's the thing. Everybody in this room has the potential to grow. You're alive, aren't you? You're still growing. We up from the youngest to the oldest, as long as you are living, you still have the potential to grow. So the first thing I want to talk about is the potential of the seed. Matthew 13, 31 through 32, I'll read it again just to refresh it in your memory. The Bible says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field, though it's the smallest of the seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch on its branches. The interesting thing about this parable, unlike the parable of the sower, um, where Jesus, he tells the parable of the sower and he talks about, we talked about this the first week, that there's seeds scattered on the pavement and then there's seeds scattered in the rocks, there's seeds scattered in the weeds and then there's seeds scattered on fertile soil. Unlike this parable, Jesus with the parable of the sower, he takes the disciples aside and he gives them an explanation of that parable. Jesus does not do that with this parable. He just says what he says. He says, hey, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Somebody planted in the field, um, though it's the smallest of the seeds, it grows, becomes the largest of the garden plants, becomes a tree. The birds come and perch themselves on the branches. Jesus allows the reader to gain revelation through this passage, but he never explains this passage in the word. See, when you read this parable on a surface level, um, you might easily point out, man, mustard seeds have a great growth potential. That's an easy thing to see by reading this parable, amen? I love mustard seeds because mustard seeds, they're one to two millimeters in size, but they seem very insignificant. Like if I had a mustard seed in my hand to show you, you wouldn't even be able to see it because of how small that it is. But I love the potential of the mustard seed because under the right circumstances, a bush that usually grows about six feet in diameter, under the right circumstances, the right kind of seed, depending on what that mustard seed is, it won't grow to a six-foot bush. That very same seed that is a millimeter to two millimeters in diameter can grow to be a 20-foot to 30-foot tall tree. You can't see that when you see the mustard seed. Because most of the mustard seeds that are planted will grow into those small bushes. But there are those mustard seeds that you cannot decipher with the naked eye that have the potential to grow into something that everyone can see. Mustard seeds have the potential for exponential growth. The mustard seed speaks to the potential of your growth. Two years ago, my wife bought me the greatest birthday gift she could ever buy me. I love every gift that my wife buys me, but two years ago, I got the greatest gift that I could ever buy. My wife bought me my very own puppy, okay? And I named him Tupac. Yes, like Tupac Shakur. Now, when my wife um, picked this puppy out of the litter, the reason that she picked him, she went to the breeder 
And she says, I want, I want a dog for my husband. I don't want a dog that's too big. I don't want to run all over our house. I want a cute dog. But I know my husband likes little bullies, so I want to get him, I want to get him like a little, a little bully. I want to get him a little bully. So she, she goes, and, and she, the way she tells the story makes me laugh. She was like, I didn't pick Tupac. Tupac picked me because I stood there, and he came out of the litter, and he sat at my feet. I said, oh, that's cute. And she picked him because he was like the runt, man. He was the little one. And then the breeder also showed her pictures of Tupac's parents. And they were short, little, compact, micro, little bullies. So she was like, oh, this will be cute. He'll be cute. And, and then her dog, Coco, will have a little buddy. Let, let me show you how Tupac looked when we first got him. He was so cute. Look at him. He's <laughs> my little guy. My little dude, man. When I got him, he was so small I could hold him in one hand. And I mean, I, anybody who knows me knows I used to take this dog everywhere. This dog just couldn't work with me. Like, I mean, this dog was every, he was my role, he was literally my role dog, okay? That was Tupac when I first got him. Um, over time, Tupac has grown. Why don't you show him Tupac now? That is Tupac now. <laughs> Tupac is a monster. He, I mean, Tupac got a whole gold, Tupac a thug, man. He got a whole gold chain on. He, he, you know what he does? Like, when he wants to leave a room, he will sit at the door and look at you like, I'll wait. Open the door. Let me out. That's, that's, that's not a dog. That's a grown man. Let's show, show the next picture. Look at him. This, this was probably our first day at school. So I said, man, I'm going to be that dad. I'm going to intimidate. So I had Tupac in the front seat, and I had the window down so all the boys could see his big head and get scared. He's like, he's a male monster. But we didn't know. He was going to grow into that. It's, uh, it's funny because often my wife is like, if I had known he was going to get that big, I would have never got him. And I think it's funny. I'm like, come on, boy, keep on growing. I keep feeding him protein on purpose. I'm like, grow, my son, grow. It's getting bigger and bigger. There was no way, based upon Tupac's original size, that my wife could tell the potential of his growth. There was, there was no way based upon even the size of Tupac's parents that she could tell the potential of his growth. She had no idea what he would become. The truth is, size has no bearing on potential and where you are today has no bearing on where you're gonna be tomorrow. I need somebody to hear me because maybe you're the youngest in your family, but that does not determine that you have the potential to grow to be the matriarch or the patriarch of your family. I want you to hear me because being a novice at your job today does not mean that you don't have the potential to be an industry leader in your field tomorrow. I want you to hear me because being, being from a rocky family that is riddled with divorce does not mean that you do not have the potential to show your entire family what a healthy marriage looks like tomorrow. Listen to me, being at an entry-level position today, I know we all want to excel fast. I know we all want to get money quick. I know we want to climb the ladder quick. But being at an entry-level position today does not mean that you don't have the potential to be the CEO of that company tomorrow. If all of y'all that are new in Jesus that see the old saints and it's like, like y'all know them old saints like your grandma, like they pray for people and like arms grow back. 
And you look at that and you get intimidated. You're like, I want to get there. Being a new believer does not mean that you don't have the potential to be a faith Feel Holy Ghost, feel general in the faith. Just keep on going, keep on growing because God has a potential inside of you to do so much more as long as you trust him to grow. Do you think that being a monthly crew of 11 dudes that seem weak and scattered after Jesus was crucified. Do you think that it stopped those dudes from living out their potential? They went from disciples to apostles that carried the gospel all throughout the world. And today, 12 men turned into two and a half billion believers. Why? Because they lived out their potential. Never allow who you are today to dictate who you can become tomorrow. The beauty of the mustard seed is that it doesn't just speak to the kingdom's growth potential. It actually speaks to the potential of the faith that you have within you. For Jesus talks about the mustard seed, not just in this context, but he talks about it in the context of faith. Look what he says in Matthew 17, 20. He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you had the faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Low-key, Jesus was throwing shade. You see some of you think, oh, man, with the faith the size of a mustard seed, I can move mountains. Listen to what Jesus said. He says, you of little faith. He said, y'all ain't got no faith. And then he says, he didn't just say, uh, faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. He said, if you had it. What did I tell you the size of a mustard seed was? One or two millimeters. It's so insignificant, it can't even be seen. Jesus is not talking specifically about a size of faith. He's just like, if you had any. If you had any faith. See, some of y'all are so upset about your situation, and you're saying, God, please, if you had any faith. Faith is not about a size. Stop allowing size to dictate what you have the ability to move. The only thing that can limit your impact is not your size, it's your faith. We need faith, y'all, and not the faith just to believe for a parking spot outside, man. We got we, we to gotta believe, start believing Jesus can heal a person that the doctor said only has 24 hours to live. We got to start, start believing that the people that have seen the generational curse of divorce will break with them in Jesus' name. We got to start believing that the people that are the furthest apart that are married can be brought back together by the power of Jesus. We got to stop believing that I'll be okay with whatever building cool church shows up in and start having the faith not for a building but for land that we could create an inspiration district not just a church but a place where the community can grow and be impacted and be a beacon to the whole wide world that Jesus is Lord. Jesus said if you just had a little faith the mustard seed has the potential of the tree within it. If you're a mustard seed, never allow somebody to limit the potential that you have to grow. But it's not just about the potential of the seed. 
It's about the problems in the trees. What's that about? The problems in the trees. This is why you got to read stuff in context. Look at what Matthew 13, 31 through 33 says. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man planted. A man took and planted in the field. That was the smallest of the seeds. Yet when it grows, it's the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree. So that, this is the part you underline, the birds come and perch in its branches. Look at verse 33, though. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Why does the parable go from speaking about the potential of the mustard seed to the birds in the trees to the yeast in the dough? You ever thought about that? Like, this is, this is why you got to read your Bible and you got to write in it. Like, I, listen, God's not scared of your questions. I write all kinds of questions in my Bible. Like, God, why you say that? Some stuff he gives me revelation on. Some stuff I'm like, man, I can't wait to get to heaven so I can find out what you was talking about. Like when Jesus was writing in the ground when they, when they accused the woman caught in the act of adultery. I can't wait to get to heaven and be like, what was Jesus writing? God's not scared of our questions. So why does the parable go from speaking about the potential of the mustard seed to the birds and the trees to the yeast and the dough? Because of the context, it's important to keep these parables together. You always see them together in the scripture. If you separate them, you're going to miss the context of what we believe the, the, the author was trying to say. Without the context, you just think that this parable is talking about the growth potential of God's kingdom. Because that's surface level. That's, that's what you see when you read it, surface level. But when you read it in context, you understand that where the kingdom grows, corruption follows. Say, why, why do you say that? The kingdom's not bad. The kingdom is awesome. We're, we're living and we're building to grow the kingdom. But wherever the kingdom grows, things try to attach itself to it to destroy what it is. So you say, well, how did you get that from, from reading that? Well, first, let's look at the yeast in the scripture from the second parable. And then we'll look, then we'll look at the birds to understand how they're referencing corruption in growth potential. Look at Matthew 13:33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast a woman took and mixed it into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. In the parable of the yeast, the woman mixes in the yeast to 60 um, pounds. 60 pounds of dough. She worked it uh, 60 pounds of flour until she made this dough. Now, anybody that's baked bread, my mom used to bake bread all the time. Mama, how you doing? You all right? My mama used to bake bread all the time. Have you ever needed 60 pounds of flour at one time? She said, mm, boy, child, I never needed 60 pounds of flour. She never did that. You know why? Because 60 pounds of flour could feed an army. It's a lot. But the Bible says that when she takes the yeast, yeah, technically you would need about two two and a quarter teaspoons of yeast to be able to affect one pound of flour, okay? So she mixes this yeast into all of this dough until the Bible says that it spreads throughout. It only takes a little bit of yeast to spread throughout all of the dough. Why is that 
important. If you read the Old Testament and the New Testament, yeast is never looked at with a positive connotation. It never is. Even when we see yeast at the time of the first Passover, the reason that the Jews had something called unleavened bread, bread without yeast, because it was bread made in haste. They had to exit, the Israelites had to exit Egypt. Why? Because God had set them free and he was making sure that they made a fast exit. So he said, hey, you better make this bread without yeast because you don't have time to wait. Sometimes God's trying to get y'all out of a situation, but you're still doing stuff in the background that takes too much time when God wants to get you out of there quickly. That's a whole nother sermon. Whole nother sermon. He says, don't put yeast in that. It's a waste of your time. You eat this unleavened bread. And every time for all of the festival meals that the Jews partake in, they eat unleavened bread. And you can, I can find scripture after scripture, Old Testament to New Testament, that tells that yeast is symbolic of sin because it only takes a little bit to infect a lot of dough. Look at what it says, 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. So you know I'm not just making this stuff up. I'm just breaking down the Bible for you. It says, Paul said it like this, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens or raises the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may have new unle an, an unleavened batch, a batch without yeast uh, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival not with our old bread leavened with what? Malice and wickedness. It's equating yeast to malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Yeast was not a symbol of the kingdom. It shows how sin wants to corrupt the entire kingdom. Now that you know that about the parable of the yeast, if Jesus said that these are parables about the kingdom, he talks about yeast. He's not talking about it in a positive light. He says, hey, the kingdom's growing. There's something that wants to corrupt it. That's the parable of the yeast. But why does that come after the parable of the mustard seed? I'm, I'm sorry if I'm moving a little slow. I'm trying to teach you something because I want, I want you to really understand this parable today. Is that okay? I can take my time? Okay, thank you. Look at this. So we know the yeast is not a symbol of the kingdom, but it comes after the parable of the mustard seed. What's interesting is the parable of the mustard seed comes after the very first parable I read to you, the parable of the sower. Remember the parable of the sower? We talked about it. You hear things that Jesus says in the parable of the sower, some symbols that he repeats in the parable of the mustard seed. Watch this. Look at this. Matthew 13, verse 32b. Okay? After the seed is planted and it takes over the garden and the tree grows, look at what it says. Matthew 13, 32b. This is the parable we on today. So the birds come and perch on his branches. The mustard seed gets so big, turns to a tree, birds come perch, uh, perch on his branches. They sit in his branches. Let's go back to the parable that Jesus said before this, the one he actually explained in Matthew 13, verses 3 and 4. It says, a farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell along the path, underline this, and the birds came and ate it up. You, you see a symbol that you see in both of those stories? In the mustard seed, you see the birds perched. But in the parable of the sower, you see the birds snatching up the seed from the pavement. Well, you say, why is that so bad? 
we know that birds are bad because Jesus told us what birds meant because he actually explained this parable. Look at what he says in Matthew 13, 18 and 19. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one, he doesn't say the birds, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what was sown in their hearts. So Jesus is telling us that the birds are symbolic for the evil ones that want to snatch up our seed. So if that's true, Jesus is telling us that the same bird that wants to swoop down and steal our seed, if that's the evil one, the same bird that wants to steal your seed is the same bird that wants to live in your tree. I'm going to drink some water. The same bird that wants to snatch up your seed, because why, why would Jesus, it wouldn't make any sense for Jesus to change up the symbolism. This, all in this, this is all in the same set of parables. And once again, he spoke like that on purpose because he knew it would be a mystery to some folks, but he, he, he made sure that he told what this stuff meant to his disciples. The same bird that stole the seed is the same bird that wants to live in your tree. Why is that important? Because he wants, the bird wants to be a part of your growth just like the yeast does. This is why these parables are together and they speak to the corruption in the kingdom because when you grow, there are things that are attracted to your growth and they want to grow with you. I can't stand birds. Like I like, like I have no like specific vendetta against, like I like birds until I became a homeowner. We got a bunch of trees around our house. And, and when I moved to Hollywood, I thought it was like Disney World because like in Hollywood, like there's blue jays, there's parakeets just flying around. I think I saw like a robin one day and then they sing that like, just bird, like random bird, colorful birds. Like when I was in Carroll City, all I saw was pigeons. I moved to Hollywood, I see, I see blue jays. I used to like the birds, but then I start caring about my grass. And one day I was, I was mad because, I, I, man, my, my grass was so pristine at one point. And then one day, man, I, I started to see all these little weeds pop up in my grass. I was like, I got a long guy that comes and cuts my lawn. I'm like, I'm like, bro, like, what's going on? Like, why, why, why is my grass, like, getting all weedy and nasty now? He says, well, there's a couple things, but this is the one thing that there's nothing you could do anything about. You just got to deal with it. You say, you see all these trees you got around your house? I say, yeah. He said, you know, you know all the birds that live in there? I said, yeah. I said, He's the, they're, they're the cause of your weeds. I'm like, what are you talking about? How do birds cause weeds? Because when birds eat, they defecate when they fly. They defecate where? On your grass. You know what birds eat? They eat seeds. They eat a bunch of things. And that waste material goes into your grass. Not only do birds do that, birds build nests. Where? In the tree. They build nests in your tree. On the way to building their nest, the stuff that they carry in their mouth, seeds, branches, weeds. You know what they do on the way to the tree? They drop it in your grass. So eventually, this bird that has built a nest in your tree 
has spread weeds all over your grass. I don't think y'all hear me. The birds spread weeds trying to build a nest in my tree. What do I want you to know? You have to be aware that your growth is attractive. Your growth is not just attractive to good things. Your growth is attractive to the birds. So much so, they want to perch themselves on your branches. Along the way, they're causing all kinds of destruction. It may seem harmless when the bird perches itself in your tree, but along the way, you have to know that the birds are not there for your good. They are there for your harm, and because you are growing, they are attracted to you and want to build a home where you are. You say, why is the enemy attracted to me? Because no one's attracted to anything that's dead but everybody's attracted to something that's alive. Oh, what, what, if, if, if the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, as John, uh, John 10, 10 says, if the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, if the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, his targets are alive, abundant, and growing. Why would the enemy need to go after a dead thing? It doesn't. He goes after you because you're alive. And well, you thought you was just minding your own business, but in your growth process, the enemy said, oh, I never noticed him before. You know why he can see you now? Because you're growing. This is why we see people all the time. They reach to the highest heights in the kingdom and they fall because wherever there's growth there's something that's going to attach itself to it to destroy it this is what the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast is all about it's no wonder that when you are financially growing greed starts to show itself it's not a coincidence that when your marriage is thriving and doing well those side pieces start to pop up and show themselves you think it's a coincidence? No, you're growing. It's not a coincidence that when the church is doing well, church hurt starts to show itself. The church hurt me. No, church didn't hurt you. People hurt you. It's no wonder when you start becoming successful that doubt starts to show itself. It's no wonder that when you get out of that toxic relationship and you're finally doing better, that low self-esteem starts to show itself. Notice how the enemy, the bird, wants to meet you at the top of your tree. You know why? He wants to meet you at the same place he fell from so he can push you off too. He's always trying to meet you at the top. And here's the other thing. The only reason the enemy bugs you when you're a tree because he can't see you when you're a seed. You can't see a mustard seed, but you can't avoid a tree. Don't be surprised that if you find yourself growing in God's kingdom, that the enemy will try to attach himself to you. This is why no matter where you are in your stage of growth, if I could give you one word of the Lord today, it would be this. Protect your potential. 
Protect it, man. Protect it. Just because people can't see it in you now doesn't mean that it won't happen tomorrow. I just don't want you to get to tomorrow and the enemy attaches himself to you and you say, man, I didn't know this was going to happen. This parable is not for a blessing. This parable is a warning. It's a warning to each and every one of us. That the more money you make, the more problems you get. The higher you grow, things want to live in your shade. These are the mysteries of the kingdom because Jesus knew that we would live in times where we would have to grow amongst the weeds. You might be surprised by your season, but Jesus is not. He knew that there was going to be difficulty and he knew that he placed the potential of you to be so high that even the enemy would be attracted to you. But he wanted you to stay focused. He wanted you to protect. There's nothing wrong with growth. That's not what I'm saying today. Grow. Grow large. Grow wide. Grow tall. But as you're growing, protect your potential. Don't allow the birds to perch on your branches. In other words, don't get so high up that you decide to get comfortable with the enemy. You got to remember who's given you the ability to grow in the first place. What happens from the mustard seed to the tree often is we forget who is responsible for our growth. And the warning that Jesus is trying to give us from the seeds to the trees is to protect the potential that he's put inside of you at all costs. Because you can't grow without Jesus. You're not responsible for your growth. I'm not responsible for my growth. It is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as long as I can acknowledge that he is the one that is responsible for my growth, I don't have to worry about the enemy trying to live in my shade. For I love what the Bible tells me in Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more then we can ask or imagine according to, listen to it, his power. Not mine. Not yours. According to his power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. No matter how tall you grow, never forget it's Christ's power working in you that can do more than you can ask, imagine, or even think. But watch out for the birds because you got limitless potential in Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, You say, Pastor, I want to live to my full potential. You can't live there without Jesus. You got all the potential in the world, even if it's only the size of a mustard seed. But God doesn't want you to stay there. He's expecting all of you to grow 
into giant trees that don't provide a place for the enemy to rest. But if we all grow to our potential, we can provide shade for the world around us. The shade of a loving Savior called Jesus. We can provide comfort to those that are not comfortable. We can feed those that cannot feed themselves. A tree can do so much more than a seed can. But we got to remember as trees in the kingdom who has allowed us to grow. If you, if you want to grow to your fullest potential in Christ, you cannot do it without him. And some of you have been living a life in the weeds, wondering why you can't grow. Some of you have grown in the trees, but it's not until today that you realize that you had a bird living in your shade. Only way to get rid of them birds? Jesus. Only way to grow to your fullest potential? Jesus. Only way to be everything that Christ has called you to be and live a life where you can do immeasurably more than you can ask, imagine, or think? Jesus. If you want Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that is the key to growing among the weeds. That is the key that will take you from a seed to a tree. If you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because you're tired of living the way that you're living, on the count of three, nobody looking around is between you and Jesus. If you're online, I can't see you anyway. But on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. I see you and you and you and you and you and you. Yep. And you and you and you. Hallelujah. And you too. Do me a favor. If your hands up, stand up. I know it's scary, but just to, listen. Hey, trees grow. You know where they grow? They grow up. They grow tall. You got to stand up from amongst the crowd. You could be a seed forever and stay hidden or you could be a tree and you can grow. You already standing. You did the hard part. Walk down here. Come here. I want to pray with you. Come. Come. You already standing. They done seen you anyway. You might as well come. 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 God's so proud of you. My goodness gracious. Come on. Come on. I see you, sis. I see you. I see you. So proud of y'all. Everybody standing in this place. I'm going to do this because I always do. Usually when there's some, there's more. You say, man, I want to do that, but I'm scared, man. Listen, if you're ashamed of Jesus in front of us, don't be mad if he's ashamed of you in front of his father. Come. Look at your neighbor, because we all family. I see you. Come. Come this way. Over here. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say, yeah, grab them by the hand and walk them down here. I see you. So proud of y'all, man. Don't live in the shade. Don't live in it. Come on. Look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like so much because you picked them second. Say, I'll go with you. Yeah, see, I knew it. Come on. I love it. Come. Pray. I'm proud of you. Trees grow up. Don't let nobody tell you how much potential you got. Your, your youth has no bearing on your potential. You could be anything you want to be. In Jesus. Proud of you. So proud of you. <laughs> I love it. Family, reach towards them. And y'all might want to reach up to heaven. You say, why? Bible says, Romans 10, 9, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart. He was raised from the dead. You're saved. That's it. You ain't got to jump through hoops. You ain't got to know every scripture in the Bible. 
knowing the Bible will help you, but let me tell you something. Confessing and believing is what saves you. Because you're saying, I can't grow without Jesus. So we raise our hands as a sign of surrender. You reach your hands towards them. Everybody in this room in the sound of our voice, pray and repeat this after me. When you say it, mean it. Everybody say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness, to take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Y'all up here, I'm so proud of y'all. You see that sign? It says, welcome to the family. This is one big old family at Cool Church. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. The angels break dancing, the choir singing, the spread is and it's for y'all. The, the heavenly hosts, the hall of saints are, are singing your praises right now because you came back. So here, here's what I want to do. I can't open up the ceiling and show you. I can help you hear what it sounds like. Your brothers and sisters, your family behind you, they're going to help you hear what it sounds like. So on the count of three, I want y'all to scream as loud as y'all can for them. When they start screaming, you're just going to walk that way, follow that sign. And I got to, I got to get, they're going to give you a gift, okay, from your pastors to you. If you have any questions about what happened, ask them. They ain't scared of your questions, <laughs> okay? If you need prayer, ask for it. I hate when people make a decision and we don't take the time to thoroughly explain what happened, okay? So ask whatever questions you got to ask. But on the count of three, they going to clap. Y'all going to walk that way. Is that cool? And if you're online, start hitting those hearts right now. Start hitting those claps right now. Start putting in those comments right now. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on. Let them know how much God loves them. Let them know they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let them know that they got the potential to grow from the seed to the trees. Let them know that heaven celebrates. Let them know the best is yet to come. Come on. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.